its seventh season. The Lapped Traffic Podcast has brought you over 300 shows, driver and media interviews, awesome stories and entertainment, and one of the coolest fantasy leagues around. Get ready for another exciting season. Sit back, relax, and try not to get lapped. Now, here is your host, the Professor. What is up, Lap Traffic Nation? Welcome to episode 303 of the Lap Traffic Podcast. I am your host, the Professor Brandon Crowd. Daytona, it's officially in the books. We are underway in the 2023 NASCAR season and season, <laughs> season seven of the Lap Traffic Podcast, third episode of the year. Coming at you strong. Hope you all had a fantastic weekend. Crazy busy weekend here. Saturday was Alden's first birthday party with uh, the friends and family, which was awesome. Little guy got spoiled like crazy. I got him a fire suit to wear. Grandma got him a NASCAR motorized car thing. I hope you guys saw the pictures of him in that. And uh, dad was definitely cutting some onions. That is for sure. Sunday, massive cleaning and grilling and dialed in for the 500, which we'll get into all of that here in just a bit. Hope you guys enjoyed last week's show with Brian Newdorf and Aaron Studwell kicking us off with uh, all kinds of stuff. It was definitely the uh, the variety hour, if you will, last week. Just uh, hanging out, talking, catching up, talking some sports like we like to do, and, and mixed in some weather and NASCAR. And just so you guys know, uh, Brian and Aaron will be Joining either together, rotating, whatever the case may be, whatever schedules permit, as we will be moving the weather segment that's been a part of the show since season two. We'll be moving that over to Twitter spaces with the exception of the big races or kicking off college football, things of that nature. When it makes sense to have them on, we'll have them on. But like I said, this way we can have a little bit more interaction with you guys live. So once we nail in a time... I will pass that information along to you guys. And just in case it sounds like I'm long-winded or I'm out of breath, it's because, as you guys know, I'm very animated, a loud talker, and I have a bruised rib, and I have no idea how I got it. The only thing I can think of is that the dog kicked me, you know, in bed one night, and therefore, you know, as I'm talking into the microphone, loud and excited... Taking in deep breaths, each breath hurts so bad, and to laugh right there, oh my god. So if it uh, sounds like I'm in gut-wrenching pain or am struggling for air, it's because I have a bruised rib and the show must go on. So here we are, nonetheless. Okay, where where are we? Um, there is still time to sign up for Lap Traffic Fantasy. If you have, you know, just because you missed week one, does not mean that you can't make the playoffs because I might as well not have played because I am in second to last place out of a hundred players. And I'm still pretty confident that I'm going to make the playoffs. So still feel free, come sign up. All you got to do is send an email to fantasy traffic, gmail.com name, email you want to use in Twitter. I'll send you over the rules and uh, get you going. All right. So what is on the docket for tonight? Well, I am very excited to announce that Brandon Jones will be making his return to the Lap Traffic Podcast. It's been a minute since Brandon's been on, as well as Portuguese ARCA and Euro Whalen NASCAR driver Miguel Gomez is going to make his debut on the show. So that's going to be fun and exciting there. I got your recaps uh, on the weekend. Social media as well. And our first uh, of the new segment, Catching Up With Lat Traffic, we got Jerry M., who was at Daytona, and she's going to share her experience from start to finish and excited to talk to her, as well as lapped traffic fantasy to close it out. So let's get things rolling, shall we? All right, Lat Traffic Nation, joining me on the line, making his second appearance on the show, coming off of P14 this past weekend at Daytona with Junior Motorsports. Welcome back, the driver of the number nine, Brandon Jones. What's up, brother? How are you? Doing good, man. Doing good. It's good to be back on the show and 
me and you were just reminiscing on some old times there when we were first doing this. And so it's uh, nice to now recap with you. It's been a few years and a lot's changed. Absolutely, man. You're not kidding. Um, let's start with this weekend. Uh, I mean, just a wild weekend at Daytona, as uh, we, we typically expect. Started 11th, finished 14th. We're up there towards the front on that last restart. Take us through your weekend and those last few laps at Daytona. Yeah, man, gosh, I mean, it was, a, you know, as a whole, it actually was a really good first race for us. Like, in the past, it's been really difficult to race that track. Um, I've been, you know, coming off of a season now with, with JGR and been over there for four or five years. And so I, I really got comfortable there. And, you know, I got used to how I was able to race there. And, and, you know, coming to Chevrolet now, there's just way more cars, man. I mean, it just was crazy the difference, you know, and, and the people that you had to work with and you were available to work with, you know, so I had to, I had to change my mindset a little bit, but honestly, we just all did a good job as, as a team to execute and get ourselves to the front and align ourselves together. You know, I mean, that's the, that's the whole, um, I think key to that racetrack and having success there is you're kind of, you kind of do your own thing, you know, for most of the race, if you can help a teammate out early on, you do it. Um, But I think what gets you up front and align with your teammates is you just making good, aggressive moves, stuff that's not going to get you in a reg, but aggressive moves enough to, to get you up front, you know? So um, I thought we did a phenomenal job of that. Um, I didn't know what kind of challenges I'd run into. It's, it's all new to me, man. I mean, it's a, it's a different car. It's a a new team, new spotter. I mean, everything about it is new, which is really kind of what I, what I like about it. You know? Um, Yeah. I felt like we, we we made this move um, last year and, and I just wanted something fresh, man. I wanted something new to start. I wanted every little piece of the puzzle to be different and uh, definitely was, you know, so I was happy to see that, you know, we had a shot at least to win at the end and um, not going to fault anybody for anything. I mean, I, I know we, we all hung our heads at the end of that race and said, man, I don't know how we, we lost that one with all of our cars up in a line like that, but um, it is what it is. You know, I mean, that's how you get better at these and that's how you learn is you go back and say, well, this was the case you know we're going to probably change and do different things and so um i felt like we all had a fairly productive meeting after the race and and talked about it and and got all that out of the way and now we're now we're pushing forward so i'm i'm looking forward to this year i think we're really going to win a a bunch of races with these guys Uh, i think you are too uh and you hit on a couple things there that that i want to go back on for for just a second because when we talk about, you know, team changes, and I want to get into that, but you also mentioned the change from, you know, Toyota, which basically is, you know, JGR to, you know, uh, to, to Chevrolet and multiple teams. And, you know, what, what that had to have been different when it's like, well, hey, it's not just the team that you're working with, but at Daytona Talladega, you, you're working with manufacturer alliances as, as well there. So that had to be a little different for you, you know, being on the same page with just not your teammates, but your other Chevy teammates as well. It certainly was. I mean, I think it, it makes the decision to maybe finish in the top five a little bit easier. You know, I mean, you're almost guaranteed unless they get some track position on you. You know, if the Fords and the, and the Toyotas get get track position, you know, I feel like you use your guys to your advantage to, you shuffle them out. You know I mean? I felt, Hunter's pain in the race because I could tell, man, he was trying to get runs on me at the end and trying to make work stuff work. And sure. it's just, man, you don't have the numbers. You know, it's just really difficult. And you, you have to race differently, you know, when you don't have that, that kind of help like that. But, you know, I felt like no matter what in that race on Saturday that a Chevy was going to win, you sure. know, and so. It might not have been one of our Chevrolets, uh, which is what we really want. But I feel like, you know, it, it's clear as a company, they, they want Chevy to win. And they want um, Chevy to be in the in the top 12 when the playoffs start. And you know, I think that's the that's the big goal is to really just dominate this, have all of our cars in it at the very end. Um, so that it's a, that's the Chevy, you know, final four towards the very end of the season. So you, you only do that through working with each other. But the flip side of it is, you know, every other team, you know, they, they know that, but they also have their agendas and their ways that they're going to win the race. <laughs> so um, that part of it was interesting. You can definitely tell that, you know, that the guys are, are definitely sticking with 
the organization more so than the manufacturer. But I think, you know, it, it, it probably in order goes manufacturer or, or teammates, then manufacturer, then, you know, if you have to use other guys to your advantage, you do that. But it's kind of bottom bottom level and, and you know, last minute decisions. Absolutely. I, I totally see that. Uh, Brandon, as, as a veteran in the Xfinity series, like you mentioned at the start, you know, you, you kind of had a rhythm there for, for a few years. Um, you know, how, how different was this off season for you in terms of, you know, talking with new crew chiefs, like you said, you know, everything's fresh, everything's new. Uh, was it a little bit more of a, a, um, you know, in the shop type season versus, you know, maybe hanging low in December, you know, what, what was the off season like for you getting ready with the new team? Yeah, my, my big things before I closed out my chapter there at JGR was to try and just think of everything that I have gotten, I don't want to say comfortable with, but I've gotten used to, you know, like just any little thing inside that car um, that that I've, I've liked and, you know, I've developed. I mean, I, every single year over there, I was changing stuff. I was changing tack positions and colors and lights and seats and i mean i was doing all kinds of stuff to try to hit on something you know and i finally did i finally really got to something that i liked and then it was like oh man i've got to like try to figure out how to you know somehow get it close enough i knew i wasn't going to fully replicate it there's just too many differences in, in, in cars and the way people build them and stuff and so um that was my main thing was like i i just you know i really wanted to make sure that I had a good list and a good notebook coming over here to where I try to make that process as seamless as possible, really, you know, try to speed it up the best I can. Um, I knew there was going to be a race or two that, that I'm going to have to change stuff and I'm going to have to, you know, do things. And you just try to minimize that, you know, because sure. if there's something that's not comfortable or there's something that's bugging you, then that's what you dwell on in the race. So you definitely don't want to be thinking anything about other than competition, you know? So um, the faster that I could do that, the better. Um, I, honestly teammates are, have been a really big uh, factor and played a, a good role in that for me um justin was super cool about you know whenever i first got here was hey if there's anything that you know bothered you there or, you know you struggled with maybe i can help bridge that gap maybe i can help you out and make this process for you a little bit faster um and, and he knows so much about my crew chief he's been with jason for shoot the past you know six seven years of his xfinity um career so he, he knows a lot about my crew chief and i've gotten to know him you know, really well here and off season stuff. So, uh, I mean, all, all of that has been, you know, really, really good. They're doing a great job of trying to, trying to make that process fast for me. That's awesome. You know? Yeah. Cause you know, if you think about it, I would imagine, you know, with an older, with, with a team that you've been with for a while, you know, what's, they know if you say, Hey, something's tight or something's loose, they, they know how to work with that, but going to a new team, you know, well, you know, what's tight for him? What's loose for him? I don't know. And it, you know, take a couple races under to get that under the belts. I would imagine there. It, it, it is. It's going to. Um, I think that we started we started that process through the GM simulator, you know, getting on Chevrolet simulator as a as a team, as a group, having Jason in there and kind of listening to what I'm saying and talking about in the car. That's a that's a good way to kind of, you know, pre pre race prelim, I guess you could call it sure to try you know, get before the season. So we, we did that actually a decent amount, got a really good amount of sim time this off season in. Um, so we, we used our time wisely. I feel like there, um, you know, and, and Daytona is a tough one because you just don't, you don't fight balance too much. You don't talk about the car very much there. And so, you know, you, you, you kind of miss a race, you miss out a little bit on maybe some communication stuff there that's going to come up in the, in the future. But, uh, we, we've got some tracks that, that definitely pose, uh, balance issues and handling problems coming up. So we'll be able to get to that soon. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about that. You know, speaking of sim, you know, were you able to get some reps in, in some fashion with the spotter? Cause obviously, you know, Daytona, Talladega, your, your road courses where, where spotters just play such a crucial role. Uh, you know, there's, there's definitely a rhythm that you guys need to be in so that he knows how much info you want, vice versa. You know, how was, uh, how was that for the first race at Daytona? Yeah, I'm, I'm using uh, Tyler Mon, which is uh, Kyle Larson's cup spotter on, on Sunday. Um, and, and Tyler did a really good job. I mean, I've, I've known Tyler for a long time and uh, the, the way that, I, I, I kind of got you know used to his spotting was I just listened to a bunch of races uh, okay. before the weekend, um, you know, and kind of 
listened and you know if i had questions or if i had things that came up which which actually nothing really did i mean it was very clear on the radio and i didn't really have to ask him anything um but that's just the way that i i got used to him um we missed out he was down in speed week spot cars and so before i wanted to get on iRacing racing and maybe even try that we you know we had a group of guys that we're gonna we're gonna do that and get their spotters on there to actually spot on iRacing, um, which is just another way to use that platform and tool. Sure. Um, but we just we we missed out and didn't do it. But it really, man, it didn't even matter. It was you know really really good on uh, on Saturday for me, and already kind of have that friendship trust level with him, which is a really important factor in in doing well. Absolutely, uh, Brandon. There are some uh, early races here that you've had a lot of success at between uh, Phoenix, Martinsville, even Talladega. Uh, here early on in the schedule, what, what what are you excited to get to with this new team and and uh, show off a little bit, if you will? Yeah, man. I you know one thing that we were doing over here so well is uh, I've kind of switched switched uh, my my focus to uh, to to putting all in at the Josh Wise program with Chevrolet and you know I think the amount of support that he gives on preparing for race weekends and things has been night and day different. You know, I mean that's something that I've always had to figure out myself in a way and come up with ideas on how to study and how to prepare. And now. You know, there's there's a guy there that that's really helping out and really helping you with that process. So I feel, um, you know, I last year I felt prepared for these races, but now I really feel prepared, man. It's crazy how much of a difference um, just that little bit makes, you know, on, on doing that. But um, that, that's my main thing. Like I, I feel like, you know, I, I need to come in here with with uh, mental clarity. Um, that's going to be a real big key to doing so well and then believing in, in the move and believing in the change. I mean, this car has spoken for itself in the past. I, I know it's just a number, you know, and now sure. you've got different chiefs and different drivers in it, but it's, it's always done well. So that's just confidence boost. I mean, there's a lot of things, you know, that, uh, that give me that, that little bit extra push and need that I, that I want to, uh, to be able to just stay up front the entire, uh, entire season and, and always be a contender for these races. I love it, man. Thank you. I appreciate you. Uh, give a shout out to the sponsors and, uh, tell everybody where they can follow you on social media. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you guys saw the first race Menards is back with us. Uh, they've been a, a big supporter of mine kind of really since the beginning of my, my NASCAR career. So, uh, gotta, gotta love them. We had Swiffer, on our on our uh, Chevrolet at Daytona, Patriot Lighting's coming up this weekend, so I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to getting back on the racetrack with them. And you can you can catch everything and keep up with myself on uh, Brandon Jones RAC. Uh, that's on you know Instagram, Twitter, and I want to say it's Brandon Jones Racing on Facebook. You got a little more characters to work with on Facebook, right. so <laughs> we can write out. But uh, that that's where you can catch us, man. Uh, you know, I look forward to look forward to the season and think it's going to be a really good one. Absolutely, Lap Traffic Nation. Huge thanks to Brandon Jones for calling in. Brandon, best of luck this season and this week at Auto Club, man. And we'll we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, man. Thanks for having me back on. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Take care. We'll see ya. Oh, Lap Traffic Nation. Great to catch up with Brandon Jones there. Excited to get him back on. It's been way too long since he's been on the show. All right. What do you say we take a look at this weekend and uh, all the shenanigans that went with it? Friday night, truck series, Zane Smith picking up the win with rain, rain, and more rain as well in play. You know, here's I was I was tweeting with you guys Friday night. You guys know I like my caution lap stats. And when there are 41 laps of caution in any race, let alone 41 laps to where that's over 50% of the race being run under yellow, that's too much, way too much. Uh, which is why I think a resounding number of you agreed with me that during the truck race, when I put out there, who would be in favor of us not counting caution laps towards the actual laps of the race, especially during stage breaks, uh, stage break cautions. But now, now listen, if you guys have been listening for a minute, you know, I go on at least a rant three times a year going over cautions and caution laps and all of that. So I will spare you all of that here because it's the first race weekend of the year. And I'll guarantee those rants at some point down the road. But my, my thing is now I know a lot of you guys do not like the stage uh, point, the, the whole stage concept uh, I know is still not popular. I can get on board with that. All I want is to not count the stage breaks in terms of counting those laps towards the actual uh, race flag laps because they advertise 
And we're going to get into some of your guys' responses for my questions about, quote unquote, advertise. You advertise, for example, stage one and two are 20 laps. Stage one and two of the race was not 20 laps. Stage one was 20 laps because it started at one and the, uh, you know, green and white checkered wove, uh, <laughs> wove, flown at lap 20. Uh, but I don't think the start of stage two actually happened uh, until three or four laps later. So it's, it's not a 20 lap second stage. It's a 15 lap second stage, give or take a lap or two there. You guys get my point. And so with all of that said, and as I said, I'm not going to go on a rant here. Here I am, nonetheless, uh, going on said rant. And especially with the truck race, they're so short. Uh, you know, I don't think TV time and limitations play as big of a role. They're on Fox Sports 1 for the most part anyways, and they're later at night, you know, so it's not like if it goes an extra 20 minutes, 30 minutes, worst case, you know, it's not like you're cutting into, you know, local news, some other sports game that's going to start, you know. I think you've got a lot more flexibility with the truck race. I think the truck race would be a great race and series to test this out with. And I'll digress and, and stop my rant there. Um, all that said, props to our defending series champ picking up the race win to kick off the season. Huge props to Matt Crafton for being up front all day. And that might be one of the most complete and competitive races out of that 88 truck in a while, which is great to see a little resurgence there. Shout out to the 16 at Tyler Ankrum. He missed the playoffs last year. I know that team has high hopes this year. I expect to see Tyler Ankrum back in victory lane. And I've said that every year. I, uh, you know, and I mean it every year, but I actually mean it this year. And uh, unfortunately, as uh, we'll say quite a bit this year, Trucks have an off week this week, and we'll catch them in a couple weeks in Vegas. Uh, the Xfinity Series, you know, uh, the first of two races this weekend where we didn't get to see the race determine at the line. Hell of a battle, though, off the backstretch there, as we saw before it was determined that Austin Hill picked up the, uh, the win. Big boost for RCR. And I think this is just the start of things to come out of RCR this year, both Xfinity and Cup Series. Uh, Kyle Busch had a great race on Sunday and I mean, RCR, you know, a, a team and an organization that was just barely hanging on by a thread. They are, they're, they're going to be back and with a vengeance. I mean, I mean, how Austin Dillon was up there. Austin Dillon almost picked up a second Daytona win. And I mean, I wouldn't have been surprised there. And I think there are going to be uh, more times than not this year that we're talking about RCR and victory lane, whether it's Xfinity or, or the cup series, which is awesome. And as I mentioned about racing to the line, I put out a question to you guys, which I'll get to here in just a minute. As soon as I uh, get a quick little talk in here about the cup series where Ricky Stenhouse jr. Picked up his Daytona 500 win. And again, much like the Xfinity series race, you know, overtime cautions, precautions, as we know, but let me tell you why I like this win and why I like that it's Ricky Stenhouse Jr. And that is, I'm looking to the future, everybody. I'm looking to 17 winners already. You know, if Joey Logano would have won, uh, I think we can all safely say we expect Joey Logano to win this year. And I don't think that's out of the question. Uh, but... What is maybe not as confident is to say, would Ricky Stenhouse win this year uh, outside of a Daytona or a Talladega? Maybe. Obviously, it's possible. But uh, that said, the fact that Ricky won this past weekend at Daytona gets us closer to 17 winners because that's one less wild card out there that needs to pick up the win to possibly give us that 17th winner in the regular season. And I know, I know. It sounds crazy talking about playoffs and how many winners after the first race of the season. But as we saw and have seen, points matter. And you can look back at any race and say, oh, man, one more spot on the track could have been a make or break situation there. So I don't think I'm all that crazy in looking uh, at it from that perspective, you know. And also, you know, he's a good racer at these tracks. Yeah, gotten the win before on the uh, quote unquote plate tracks. Might have a few more. I think sometimes 
Uh, Stenhouse finds himself in a winner go home situation and tries to force things and has ended up behind the wall. But I mean, he raced a smart race this past weekend and, um, a, a well-deserved win in my book. Uh, great finish to Logano, Bell, Busher, And hey, how about AJ Allmendinger? First race, second car for Collard Racing, full-time. And uh, I mean, any one of those guys could have won this thing again. Bummer, we didn't get to see a race to the line. Uh, which again, that leads me to my two questions that I sent out to you guys after the race. Would you like to see NASCAR get rid of... Um, the overtime and make it so it's unlimited temps winner has to take the checkers instead of the uh next flag ending it once we take the white do we do, do, would you want to just see it hey we're gonna re-rack them until the winner takes the checkered flag and then i also put out there how many races before we get our first repeat winner and let's see what you guys had to say all right, Scott at 1985 Wagner. I think the OT system is fine. TV contracts need to guarantee that 90% green flag laps are shown. F1 races are shown completely commercial free, so NASCAR can't step it up some. Yeah, I agree with that, Scott. No doubt about that. Uh, AJ at, ooh, I am not going to be able to pronounce this Twitter handle, at P-U-T-U-I-D-I-O-T-A-G. Unlimited attempts for the big races as is for everything else, similar to how golf has different ways they settle tournaments. I could get behind that all day long. Brandon at Brandon K. Carl, or or we could try that thing where we finish at the advertised distance for once. I like that. Uh, Chelsea at Truex Fangirl 134. We were there in person. If they can race back to the line when Wreck is behind the leaders, go for it and race to the line. Like that one. Chris at USMC underscore NASCAR Fire. That would be highly entertaining. I'd hate to see someone get hurt, though. Yeah, I, I, I can feel you there. But what I'm saying is, is though, okay, there's a wreck. Throw the caution and and let's redo it. I mean, that you know, line them back up, you know, clear the field, clear the wreckage, if you will. Let everybody, you know, if need be, get, uh, you know, to the, to the infield care center, just like we would if the caution came out on the first lap of the uh, GWC. And let's just, you know, let's finish it at the line. Is, is where I'm, I'm getting at kind of getting ahead of myself there with my take at the end of reading you guys. But uh, I think you guys got my point <laughs> anyways. Uh, Clay at JC one day. Wish I had a good response, but I think I would leave Daytona and Talladega alone. Maybe extend the other tracks. Repeat winner by race eight. I get behind all of that, Clay. Uh, Colin at Colin underscore with underscore cars. Think for safety purposes. Uh, what they have works well. You're just asking for more crashes and increased risk for injury. You know what? I, uh, I don't necessarily disagree with that either. Daryl at Bulldog underscore Daryl. Uh, Daryl, run to the advertised distance. Leave it at that. If it ends under caution, so be it. Dave at Real David Con. Winner should be the guy that crosses the line first. Keep racing until it's over. Side note, I missed the racing back to the caution flag. Five races till a repeat winner. All right, I got you five. Uh, Dave at uh, BOLG5 and All Reality TV won't let NASCAR do it. As it is, every other sporting event boots the NASCAR coverage so it'll never happen. And I think that's probably the reality of why we don't have that, right? Uh, let's see here. Howard at Hall underscore Howard. I think they should get rid of the overtime. And if you get the white flag, race is over. I get that point too. Jess at Iowa NASCAR fan. I'm good with what they have at Speedways, but must finish under green everywhere else. Five races before a repeat is my guess. Five seems to be the number so far. Matt at Milestone Motor. No overtime. Race back to the checkered flag. Mick at GoDucks5 underscore Mick. One, I have no problem with ending it at scheduled lap if it ends under caution, so be it. Two, seven races. Repeat winner happens at Richmond. Mike at M-A-B-U-T-Z. Overtime is fine as it is. As far as repeat winners, I think it will happen sometime in the spring. Six or seven races in. N8 Dog at Manny's Legacy 1. No end races at scheduled laps. IndyCar and F1 do it. Randy at Growl Guy. It's good as is. They're going to wreck no matter what. Um, safety vehicles on the track. Hard as those wrecks behind the leaders was. You got to go to the yellow. Racing Cants at Racing Cants. As a fan who sat in the stand for multiple races ending under yellow, I can confidently say 
No matter the circumstances, the winner needs to take solely the checkered flag. I got you, Cants. Stephen Reed uh, at EMT 8437. I take the checkered under green. And Tristan at Tristan Cole. Honestly, NASCAR wants the ratings. Overtime is hit and miss, but it makes exciting racing at times. And fortunately for team owners, it costs them money with crashes. It's a lot of yin and yang. I get that as well. Uh, I think you guys can kind of guess where I'm going with that. I would love to see them, you know, take the checkered flag at the line and, and re-rack them. I mean, we all say, you know, well, not we all say because there was a lot of different opinion there, which I appreciate all your responses. Keep those coming whenever I put those questions out. But, I mean, we're all, especially for those in attendance, like, if you're at the race and maybe it's the one race you only get to go to every couple of years, you know, you want to see that race at the end, at the line, and someone take that checkered flag. Um, as far as repeat winners, man, I, I can go back and forth on this. Uh, I definitely think we're going to get an abundance of different winners. Are we going to get that 17? You know, who knows? That that all is, is something that we've been chasing for a while. You know, but when you start out with Daytona, and have a quote-unquote wild card winner, if you will, there. Uh, then we go to a two-mile, then a mile and a half, then a short track, then Atlanta, which, I mean, Atlanta's raced so many different ways as of late. Then we go to a road course. Then we go back to Richmond, Bristol. I mean, I'll say our first repeat winner is somewhere between Richmond, Bristol, and Martinsville. Uh, and then I think we go back on another run because then you get a lot of different mile and a half. So then we're going to Dover, Kansas, Darlington. Who knows what we could get? Um, I will say we'll have a repeat winner somewhere between Richmond and Martinsville. Uh, but then it could be as far as maybe June or late June before we get our second repeat winner. That's uh, that's my uh, bold ass prediction for you there. All right. Thank you again, guys. Keep those coming in. Let's do a little lap traffic social media, shall we? Everybody, make sure you check out the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com, uh, Facebook, The Lap Traffic Podcast, TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, all at Lap Traffic PC. You've got mail. If you've made it this far into the show, make sure you leave a review. Tell your friends they can listen on any podcast platform. Let's see here. We've got some new follower shout outs. Richard at Richard NASCAR 9. Brent at B underscore Williams nine, uh, Ed C van at Ed C van TB. Welcome to the show guys. Tell your friends. Don't forget. I've got free stickers and koozies. All you have to do is fill out the contact page on the website, the lap traffic podcast.com. And I will send them out for free. Okay. Well now is about that time where we'd be having uh, either Brian or Aaron on, as I mentioned at the start of the show, we're going to do that on either Wednesday or Thursday, more than likely live to be able to interact with you guys. So come hang out, chat. We'll pass the mic around and, and have some fun live on Twitter. In the meantime, though, I've got a very cool interview for you guys. Very excited because uh, it's something different and it's a, it's, it's someone that you wouldn't normally expect to hear on the show. Uh, all the way from Portugal. He made his ARCA debut this past weekend uh, here in the States. Uh, and we did the interview a little while ago this afternoon. And he's all the way back in Portugal. So that's, uh, you know, pretty cool to know that you're talking to somebody across the pond, you know, that far away that, that raced here. And, um, yeah, I'm excited for you guys to be able to hear his story uh, about how he got into racing, how he got to ARCA, racing uh, in the NASCAR Euro Series, and all that good stuff. So here he is, all the way from Portugal, Miguel Gomez. Lap Traffic Nation joining me on the line, making his first appearance on the show. He is the driver of the number 02 Chevrolet, all the way from Portugal. Welcome to the Lap Traffic Podcast, Miguel Gomez. Miguel, what's up, brother? Hey, how are you? Yeah, uh, it's a... Thank you very much for the invite. It's a it's a pleasure to be to be here talking with you. Uh, well, I'm I'm happy to have you here. Uh, and, and this is something different for the fans of the show, which is awesome. Um, I mean, it had to be exhausting yet exciting for you uh, this past weekend racing uh, in Daytona. Um, you know, walk us through. You know, getting ready, getting on the plane. You know, walk us through. You know, the, your experience at Daytona. 
Well, it was it was really intense. Uh, this was a a dream from from my childhood. Uh, it was has been always to race at Daytona, and um, I, I could only believe it when I saw the the green flag. Uh, before it was uh, doing uh, every step, uh, trying to do it right, so I could really see the the green flag. And uh, when when uh, I was able to cross the line and the and actually be racing at Daytona, it was a, an incredible feeling. Um, and yeah, it's, it's the, the racing there is, is, uh, is wild. It's um, when yeah. did you cut, when did you get into the States? So I, I arrived on a Tuesday. Okay. Um, and the, I just, um, I arrived, I came back home today. I'm already in Portugal. Um, with a lot of jet lag, so I'm sorry if, <laughs> yeah. if, if if I don't uh, if uh, if I don't um, if I sound weird sometimes because of the jet lag. I can only imagine, only imagine. <laughs> How long of a flight was that? Uh, I got on the plane uh, at um, 3 p.m. yesterday, and I arrived today at noon. So. It, it was uh, two connections. I went to Charlotte, then to London, then back to Lisbon. So it was a long journey. That's crazy. That is, that's intense. Yeah. Um, what, what's your, you know, what's your racing background? I know you are in the, uh, the Euro uh, Wheeling series, which is awesome. We'll get into mm -hmm. that in a minute. But uh, before mm -hmm. you got into, you know, the NASCAR side of racing, mm -hmm. what, um, what mm -hmm. were you doing before that? So I have a, a sim racing background. Um, I started uh, racing online, and uh, uh, in one of these uh, online series, I meet uh, I met um, a real driver that was uh, racing in a in the stock car racing series in the UK, and um, we became friends. And he kind of convinced me to do the rookie tests for the series that he was uh, racing at uh, at that time. And that's how it all started. Uh, I went there and I was, uh, we were seven rookies. They all had a, a motorsports background. I was only the only one with only sim racing background, but I was the fastest in the, in the um, Rockingham Oval in the UK. It, it is a 1.5 mile oval. That is now um, not, not uh, they don't race there anymore, but the, they used to race, even IndyCar race there. And I was the fastest there um, in the ASA kind of stock car. And that's how it all began. Um, that's crazy. This was, this was back in 2007. And um, so uh, some, some time ago. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, then I raced in the stock car series in the, in the UK. Uh, in that stock car series, I raced... Uh, uh, in the European late model series, and um, lately, in last two seasons, I'm I've been racing in the Euro NASCAR. Um, that is uh, the official NASCAR series in Europe, but uh, only conventional tracks at the moment. Uh, at least in the in the time I participated, they only raced in the um, conventional road courses. Awesome, man! That's that's crazy. Talk a little bit about uh, the the how it all came together for this race for you uh, in the ARCA race this past weekend, because uh, it was kind of a two-team deal between Young's Motorsports, who I'm, we're all very familiar with, uh, have worked with them uh, quite a bit, and a longtime uh, team in the ARCA series, Empire. So how did that all come together for you? Yeah, it was uh, uh, everything a bit last minute, uh, because um, I participated in the... Um, in the pre-season testing in January with uh, with Andy's uh, fast track racing. Um, but then um, uh, I had to, they had other drivers waiting to uh, for the for the ride at Daytona. So I had to commit um, um, kind of in the in the days after the, the testing, but I, I, I could not confirm yet. So I ended up losing that um, that ride, and uh, then I was contacting um, other teams. And um, uh, Mike from Empire Racing, um, he he told me that it would be 
um, impossible to have uh, the crew on time and so on. But then uh, came this um, alliance with um, with Young's Motorsports, and we managed to to make it happen. Um, so it was great to work both with Empire Racing and Young's Motorsports, and they gave me a really fast car, a great car. Um, and yeah, it was it was awesome. That's great, man. Um, can you you know talk a little bit about you know the actual race itself on track? Uh, you know what was what was that like compared to racing, you know, over in Europe in the stock cars, you know, could talk a little bit about the, the difference in the track, how it felt out there, the cars, break mm. that down for us. It's, it's different from anything I did um, in, in my racing career. Uh, it's really wild and intense. Uh, in the practice back in January, we had some um, issues with the radio, so I could only um, try the draft in the last session and only two car draft and um, uh, now in the in the race weekend um, we also had issues in in, uh, in qualify so I, I I didn't do the that group drafting in in practice also uh, end up not doing uh, much drafting so it was I was going to really tried for the first time during the race and uh, yeah it's um <laughs> it's <laughs> it's uh, in the first laps um you're just trying to get used to it because the the air moves a lot the car uh, moves a lot and um, you are expected to be uh full throttle um most of the time and it's um you get you have to to get used to it the, the first uh, first laps were were really really terrifying intense. right terrifying yes, exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh that's great uh who'd you have on the car who were your sponsors this past weekend uh the um this past weekend we had a sim tender the sim racing assets um, marketplace that has been sponsoring me also in the Euro NASCAR, uh, and uh, it was um, it was a pleasure to have them on board on this historic participation because it was the first time a Portuguese raced in the Daytona Oval, and uh, this being a, a Portuguese project and related to sim racing, it was great to to have. To have them on board on this uh, on this adventure that's great um where are we going to see you next will you be uh you're going to try to come back over and run a few more arca races uh you know where where will we see you back on the track well i i'm i'm hoping to to come back uh, to the us uh, because what i really love is the the oval racing uh things were looking good in daytona um we were we started in the back because of the problems in qualify with a puncture. So we started uh, P38, but we were doing it really good until uh, like 20 laps to go. We were uh, running in um, 11th place, close to a top 10 finish. But then we we had another flat tire. I, I think I, I hit some debris on track, but still it was... Uh, uh, the team was happy with the with the performance on track, and so I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that uh, I can um, get some more support, more sponsorship to to do to do as many races as possible in the in the U.S. Uh, we'll see, but that's my um, major goal to do more ARCA races this season in parallel with the with an Euro NASCAR campaign. What, uh, what, when, when is the Euro NASCAR schedule? Are they running now or what, what's, what, what's the dates on the calendar for that season? So the, uh, Euro NASCAR, uh, only starts in May. It okay. will start in, uh, in Valencia and they do six race weekends with the uh, two races in uh, every weekend. And uh, it runs, um, until, um, until November. Awesome. But um, yeah, uh, so I, I would I would like to do both Euro NASCAR and the Arca. We'll see how how it goes. Um, I cannot confirm yet um, the the next what will be the next race. But I hope 
I hope I'm I'm back in the U.S. soon because awesome. I I loved it. <laughs> Excellent. I bet you. I bet you did, man. I bet you did. Uh, where can everybody follow you on social media? So you can. Um, well, if you search Miguel Gomes NASCAR, you will probably find my website, miguel-gomes.com. And there you have my Twitter, my Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, all, Discord. All Everything is there. <laughs> yes. So I welcome everybody to, to follow me. Um, and uh, yeah, I hope, um, I hope I'll be there soon Excellent. again. Excellent. Well, listen, man, thank you so much for taking some time out to uh, share your story all the way from Portuguese, from Portugal. Sorry, Portugal. Uh, Portugal. That is, uh, that's awesome uh, to be able to sit here Zooming with you, you know, across the big pond um, and, and, you know, be able to have you on. It's that's that's very cool. I'm sure the listeners are going to love this. Thank you so much for calling in. Best of luck this season and and look forward to uh, catching up with you down the road. Thank you very much for, for the invite once again. It was a pleasure to be here talking with you. And yeah, hope uh, some uh, good news soon. Excellent. All right, man. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. You See too. Ya. All right, Lab Traffic Nation. That was that was really cool. I really enjoyed that. Hope you guys did as well. All right. Well, normally this would be about time for the weather segment. But as I mentioned at the start of the show, you can catch Brian and Aaron and myself live on Twitter Spaces later in the week which will be fun to interact with you guys. Right now, though, it is time for the first official segment of Catching Up with Lat Traffic. So let's get into it. Let's talk to Jerry, who was at Daytona all weekend. We're going to hear about her entire experience from what she thought of the racing to the track, to the facilities, traffic, parking, restaurants, all that good stuff. So uh, here it is, the debut, Catching Up with Lat Traffic. All right, Lat Traffic Nation joining me on the line for the uh, pretty much the premiere of the Catching Up with Lat Traffic segment. You can follow her on Twitter at Yankees Gal in SC. It's Jerry M. Jerry, what's going on? Hey, how are you doing? I am great. Thank you so much for uh, calling in to uh, partake in the show in this segment and to share about your uh, racing experience this past weekend. Well, it's been an interesting time. Um, we're headed back from Daytona today. Unfortunately, we're stuck in traffic, which coming back from Daytona, it's usually the case. Most of the time you get stuck in traffic an extra two hours. Um, but it was a great event all weekend. The, the races were just amazing. Uh, went to all three races, went to the truck, Xfinity and Cup race. Awesome. Um, yeah, it was. I think it, it was amazing to see how many people were there for uh, the truck and the Xfinity. It was probably one of the most people we've seen after going to a number of races um, around, you know, around our area. I think that's the most we've seen for any of those those two races. That's awesome. Well, I, I did see something that that was the uh, most attended Xfinity race since 2016 or something like that, I believe. So, yeah. I mean, yes, it's, it's I, I think I've heard that. I've heard that stat as well. I've heard that stat as well. You know, it's good when you don't see those Daytona seats, those red, blue, yellow, and uh, white seats. You know, I didn't see any of those. It was it was a full house. It was full it house. was a full house. It was a full house. So you where, know, the, the did you guys the, camp around the track, or where'd you guys stay? No, we stayed we stayed a little bit out of town, um, just to you know, probably about a fifteen minute drive, okay. which wasn't too bad. I mean, we actually didn't have a lot of traffic, you know. The, the two races, of course, Cup was very busy. Sure. Um, we luckily got some some good parking spot, but um, parking wasn't bad. You know, we normally park at the track, but they had sold out the parking lots in advance for for wow. uh, the Sunday race. Yeah, they had they had actually sold out the parking in advance, okay. and there was a lot. I mean, when I say there was a lot of people, there was a lot of people, and I think we got there. You know, later in the afternoon, later than we usually do, and the crowds were just unbelievable. You know, I I don't think I've ever seen that many people at one event ever. So how was how was like it was a fun concourse area, concessions area? Like, were were did they have everything open and and ready for you guys, or was that a mess there? No. 
for the cup race, they had, I think, every concession stand you can imagine in the stands open. That's great. And, you know, just because there was 100,000-plus people, there was going to be lines no matter where you went. Um, But the facilities are actually phenomenal. They are so – they. They do a great job of keeping them clean. You know, they try to get people moving in and out. Anytime, you know, you needed help, there was someone there, you know, they tell you where to go. You know, here's here, if you're looking for this, this is where you can go. Um, and they, of course, you know, they had a lot of souvenir stands sure. throughout, throughout the concourse levels, outside the track. So they had a lot, you know, just a lot of things to do. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Okay. Now let me ask you this. Um, or let me share this. So when you and I were going back and forth on DM, just to let the listeners in, I said, hey, what's your number? I'll, I'll shoot you a text. And, and you sent me a 248 area code, which I was not expecting to see. And, uh, I mean, you, you lived five minutes from me, basically, which is yes. such a small world um, to, uh, to, to know that you knew exactly where I was at and I knew exactly where you were at. Yeah, that was that was that was kind of interesting. I never it it never even dawned on me. You know, you're you're a Michigan fan, and I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. Okay, you live in Michigan. Didn't dawn on me that we lived a matter of miles apart at some point in time. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, I, I moved out of there um, and down down to South Carolina about ten years ago. But yeah, I, that's where I moved from. I lived in in uh, Michigan for sixteen years before I left. So did you make it out to MIS a few times? I imagine then, eh? I did not. You did not. I did not. Now, here's the interesting statistic. Okay. So, I moved here about 10 years ago. Just got into racing probably within the last four years. Okay. I was. I had someone take me to my first race. Awesome. And by the first lap, I said, I'm hooked and been going to probably about 15 races a year now. That is amazing. See, that, those are the stories we got to get out there. That's why we're doing this. So, again, yeah. huge thanks to CJ LaPearl, who was on last week, for coming up with this awesome segment idea, which is fantastic. No, that's that's awesome. So, what uh, you know, obviously, you're in South Carolina. You, you've, where where have you been in that area, I imagine? Um, of course, been to Darlington yep. several times. You know, we go to both races each year. Awesome. Um, Charlotte, it's about an hour and a half away. Okay. So we go to both, you know, those were any of the races at Charlotte or Darlington, we're attending all of them. Awesome. Um, we go to Bristol. We go to Martinsville. On occasion, we'll go to Atlanta. And, of course, our you know, one of our big ones has been Daytona um, in the spring. Fantastic. Well, so now I know I can at least like say, hey, where's a good spot to stay when I get out to a couple of them races? So, oh, absolutely. That's absolutely fantastic. I've been to Darlington. Darlington is amazing. Uh, and I went as a fan, uh, not with the, the podcast. So I experienced Darlington the right way my first time, which is awesome. Yeah. Darlington's a great track. There's a lot of history. Martinsville, the same way. You know, it's a lot of fun to see these these old tracks and you know, just look around and think, oh, wow, you know, you know, 60 years ago, this track was in existence and, you know, they're still racing on it. Absolutely. I think, and this year, one of my, I got lucky this year and we have tickets to the all-star race. Oh, very cool. So you're going to Wilkesboro. I am going to North Wilkesboro. Very we cool. actually went, we actually went last year for the first race that they had yep. and that was my first time ever there and it is a very very cool track awesome. to go see and i'm excited to see everything that they've done and how this is going to turn out with the all-star race absolutely. so something i'm absolutely looking forward to this year so what's your next race i think it is bristol if i'm not mistaken awesome. i think cool. i think bristol's the next one under right. unless i have a so look, the, look the very important question is so Newer, newer fan of the sport. Who is your driver, and how did you choose that driver? My my driver is Chase Briscoe. Okay, and I chose him after after Clint retired. Okay, and of course, being new to the sport, I was told the first thing you have to do is pick a driver. Absolutely, and happen to be watching one of the broadcasts, and Clint was on there with his son. And I'm like, I like his sense of humor. Awesome. So I had followed Clint for a while, and when he left, I'm like, okay, well. Whoever goes into the 14 car, and I followed Briscoe when they said he was going to go in. So I've been a Chase Briscoe fan since. So, and I actually last year got to meet him very for the cool. first time. So it was very, very, very cool. Awesome. Very cool. Awesome. 
So that's great. Um, Jerry, where can, uh, I know I mentioned it when I brought you on, but tell everyone where they can follow you on Twitter and, uh, you know, give you a follow. Yep. Please follow me on it. Yankee Girl and SC on Twitter. Uh, it's Jerry M. Come look me up, follow me, and we can always chat. I'm always talking on race day to anybody who's on Twitter. So I'd love to have people follow me. Awesome. I love it. And if anybody is going to be at Auto Club next weekend and you want to come on the show and, and hang out for a few minutes and, and share your experience, uh, you know, send me a message, DM me, whatever the case. It's very easy to get a hold of me. Uh, let me know and uh, we'll get you scheduled to come on the show. So, Jerry, thank you so much for for calling in and uh, kicking things off with this new segment, Catching Up With Lab Traffic, and uh, stay in touch, and we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Thanks. We'll see ya. All right, Lap Traffic Nation, let's close this thing out with a little Lap Traffic Fantasy. Just a reminder, get your picks in by 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Thursday. Make sure, please, uh, send your picks via email, fantasylaptraffic at gmail.com. Had a couple people DM me their picks, uh, text me their picks, uh, at me, Adam, on Twitter. um, And it's just helpful to have everything in one spot so that I don't forget. So make sure you send an email. Keep the Twitter interaction up using hashtag LT Fantasy. And joining me right now on the line, uh, he had the second highest points this week. His first year in the league, he's knocking it out of the park, coming out of the gate. Welcome to the Lap Traffic Podcast, JW Kitchen. What's up, brother? How are you? Oh, you know, doing all right. Trying to make uh, everything work. Jumping in first week was a... was a surprise for me to be this high up, so I'm excited to be a part of it. Well, that's awesome, man. I'm glad you found the show. Glad you found the league. It's uh, it's a ton of fun, and and uh, it it helps it helps pass things along. I can't tell you how how much uh, trash talking there'll be on social media and on the show. There are some families involved in this thing, which uh, is awesome. It's 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 pretty cool to see what this thing is. Uh, what, what form it's taken over the last seven years, which is really cool. So, I mean, you, you came out of the gate strong. You got Blaney, and you picked two winners uh, in Hill and Smith for 127 points, which is awesome. My picks totally shit the bed with Parker Kligerman, Daniel Hamrick, and Kislowski for a whopping 31 points. I am second to last, which Lat Traffic Nation and the fantasy players are well used to hearing me talk about, but... Uh, We'll make a run at it. It's early. I got a lot of time left. Um, listen, man, uh, I know you had some baseball tournaments over the weekend. Did you get to catch any racing? Oh, I, I caught a little bit of it when I could. We were running a tournament for an organization um, that one of my son's teammates uh, lost his battle with cancer. So oh. their uh, their foundation uh, had a tournament this weekend. So I, I tried to get everything in I could ahead of time. I caught what I could when I could, but. I was I was really in tune with uh, trying to help that organization. I bet that's awesome. Great cause there, uh, no doubt about that. And uh, you're also busy uh, for anybody in the Houston area that needs you know an HVAC guy, heating and cooling. Uh, wh- where where can everyone get a hold of you at? Uh, they can get a hold of me uh, on JWK at mk2services.com. We're a commercial HVAC contractor that is uh, there to help you with all your needs. I love it. Awesome, man. All right. Um, I'm going to run down the standings here real quick, and then we'll get into our picks for this week at Auto Club. Uh, Right now, in first place with 140 points is Jeff Clock. In second is JW with 127. Two-way tie for third between Dalton Brooks and Jeff with 121. Crystal Smokes in fourth with 120. Benton Wilson and Jason Dickus in fifth with 117. Eric McCollum in sixth with 115. Mike Elliott in seventh with 114. Kristen Hogland from last year, uh, she made it to the Final Four last year, is in 8th with 113. Uh, her son, Carson, is in ninth along with uh, Michael Mason with 112. And Dan Sherwood is wrapping out the top 10 with 110. If you had a bad week, it's Daytona. Uh, it happens. Uh, don't get scared. Don't fret. Uh, make sure you get your picks in next week. I was in that spot last year and, and made it to the playoffs. So there is still ample time left. So, uh Keep those picks coming in early. And uh, what do you say, JW? You ready to make some picks? I'm ready. All right, Lab Traffic Fantasy players, we are headed out west for our first race of the West Coast Swing and going to Auto Club. And the last time it's going to be run on the two-mile oval. 
Chevy and HMS have picked up the win the last two trips there with Larson and Bowman. Not too many players used either of those picks this past week. I am wondering, though, if Chevy will have the speed here like they did last year. So hard to tell with just coming off one race and it being at Daytona. It's an open playbook as we head to just race number two of the season and race number two of segment one. Like I said, don't fret if you had a bad week. Get those picks in, and let's see some shakeups in the standings next week. Who will take home the checkers this weekend? We'll find out. But first, it is time for our picks. JW, I'll start with you. Who are you leaning towards for the Xfinity Series? I'm leaning towards, uh, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to go with Chandler Smith this week. Chandler Smith, I like that pick. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, a junior motorsports driver in Josh Berry this week at uh, Auto Club. And over to the Cup Series, sir. Who are you going to roll with? Uh, you know, it's been back and forth, but, you know, I, I don't want to use the pick too early, but I'm going to use the pick this early. I'm going to go with Larson. I love it. Larson. I, I can see that happening. I am going to strategize, and I am going to – I need to see one race that's not a Daytona race uh, just to see where some speed's at. So, since he did not make the playoffs last year, I'm not limited on his picks. I'm going to go with the 19 of Martin Truex Jr. this week and uh, let some teams show me what kind of speed they have, and then we'll start getting creative here. So there you have it. Uh, JW, man, uh, best of luck to you this week. Don't forget to email me your picks, and hopefully this isn't the last time we talk this season. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. All right, man. Take it easy. We'll see you. All right, Lap Traffic Nation, that is going to do it. Short, sweet, to the point, 60 minutes. I think that's perfect. I mean, we all know I had a ton of fun years past doing two-hour shows, uh, and, and we'll still do a couple every once in a while because every once in a while I get that itch. But uh, we're going to keep it condensed. We're going to keep it rolling. We're going to keep it strong. There you have it. That is going to do it. Episode 303 of the Lap Traffic Podcast. Check out Twitter at LatTrafficPC. Huge thanks to Brandon Jones, Miguel Gomez, Jerry M, JW Kitchen for calling in. I've got some cool things already in the mix for next week. Don't get caught chasing the lucky dog. Tune in each and every week to the Lat Traffic Podcast. See ya.